0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Good morning, how is everybody? We good, did you stay dry? Y'all didn't know we were baptizing people before church, during church and then even after church, I'm sorry, I was looking at the weather. If you didn't get wet yet, you're going to get wet today. I'm so excited you guys are here. I know many have asked about, Pastor John, we've got prayer and fasting this week. I need some resources. Help me out. On the screen, you should see a QR code. Grab your phone. Open the camera. You'll see a little link pop up on your camera. It'll take you straight to our website where you can get some information about prayer and fasting and what that looks like. And hopefully today, I'll be able to share uh, some things with you. Was this morning just not powerful in worship? Thank you so much, worship team. I really appreciate that. If y'all, if y'all knew the time that they invested into their own worship so that they could come here and lead us, um, super grateful, super, super thankful. I'd like to start today with this, with this thought. Many of you have heard this. You only get, thank you, Andrew, you only get one chance to make a first impression. How many of you heard that before? You only get one chance to make a first impression. I was thinking about that this week, and it took me all the way back almost 20 years ago to my first date with Kayla. And I had a plan. She had been after me for a year to date her. I mean, just you want to talk about pursuing a man of God She could write, no, I'm kidding. Uh, It was was only like two months, no. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell the truth. I will tell the truth. I had a plan. I had a plan. I was going to take her to Zia's in Lafayette, get some of those Thai ribs. Come on, somebody. Corn grits. Y'all are like, all right, hurry up, Pastor. We're getting hungry, you know, in in the middle of this. That was the plan. Um, The reality is, I say I, I was supposed to take her to Zia's. Because we actually ended up that night at Mel's Diner. <laughs> you say, Pastor Don, how in the world? I was romancing her over a brownie Sunday, some 50s themed decor, neon lights. Y'all have no idea. First date was happening. Pastor Don, how did you plan on Zia's and end up at Mel's Diner? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't plan on being at Mel's Diner Let me tell you the story. Kayla is a spontaneous individual. For those of you that don't know our dynamic, I'm the planned, structured out one. We're going to do it this way. Kayla's that, hey, i got a great idea. Let's go. And I thought, man, if I'm going to make an impression on her, I need to surprise her. And so I told her, hey, we're going. Our first date, I'm going to drive, and I'm not telling you where we're going. We lived at our Broussard campus, uh, some housing we had there at the time. And so we left from Broussard, and we got in the car, and we're driving to Lafayette. The Ambassador Extension wasn't open yet, so we're snaking through, you know, parts of Broussard to get there. And we're going, and we're going, and we're driving, and the anticipation is building, and I'm so excited. Zia's is is amazing. I've heard great things about it. I want the first time I experience that place to be with her. And we're we're going, and we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going and we keep going, and she looks over, and she says, hey, where, where are we going? And at this point, I was lost, <laughs> and I thought I had, this is before your cell phone would tell you how to go somewhere. Don't, don't you know, don't be too hard on your pastor, and, and, and I realized I had missed a turn somewhere along the way, and uh, we were almost in Maurice um, <laughs> when I finally just came clean, and I said, I wanted to take you to to this restaurant called Zia's, and she said, oh, that's that direction, not the direction where you're headed, and by the time we got there, the kitchen was closed, we could not have our first date at Zia's, and the only place that was open, come on, 24 hours a day, Mel's Diner, that was my very first date, I surprised her for sure, um, and I surprised myself. I got lost. I didn't know where I was, and I was, I was trying to do it on my own. And sure, I had a picture of what it was supposed to look like in my mind, right? The problem is, I lacked a map, and I lacked a relationship, somebody to help me get where I needed to go. I needed a tour guide, if you will, and I ended up settling on Mel's when I could have had Zia's. And Unfortunately, I run into a lot of people that that's how they describe their spiritual journey as well. Pastor Don, I had this picture. I, the best of intentions, I started off. I, I, I lacked an understanding. I had a picture of what walking with God was going to look like. And somewhere along the way, I ended up settling just for attending church, and I feel stuck. I, I love God, but if I'm honest, I'm wondering aimlessly In my spiritual life, I've got no direction, no steps to take, and no one to help me get there. Pastor Don, I attend church, but I don't feel that I'm growing spiritually. Don't raise your hand, but I want to ask you how many of you can relate to that. I want to help you. If you could do it on your own, how many of you know you'd have done it by now? You'd have done it by now. And I love Pastor Chris Hodges' message. For those of you that weren't here last week and you missed that, please go to the website, oursaviorschurch.com. Click messages, find our campus. It's right there. He called it In the Beginning. It is one of the most basic and practical messages on how to get started in your spiritual journey that I've heard. Please go and listen to that message. And my job as a pastor, if you kind of simplify it to the most basic functions, is I'm a shepherd. And my job is to help Foster relationships and create environments that lead you to Jesus and help you grow in your relationship with God. It's, it's very simple when you think about it that way. But how many of you know, it's simple to say it's hard to do in the middle. Shepherding is great. The problem is there's sheep involved. And I don't know how much you know about sheep, but I'll tell you this. Sheep are not very easy to lead, but they're very easy to read. What do you mean, Pastor Don? Well, I, I mean this. You know what it looks like when you come across some sheep that are wandering aimlessly in life. They, they're out there, no shepherd. They don't know where they're going. They're, they're scared, isolated, vulnerable, and hungry. What do you mean, Pastor Don? Well, a scared sheep looks like this. They're fearful. They're stressed. They're unsettled. They're untrusting of those that are around them a wandering sheep is isolated they're alone they're they're weary they're, they're they're emotionally fatigued they're vulnerable a sheep that's out by itself that's alone that's not being shepherded that's not being led is vulnerable they're they're easy prey they're susceptible to traps and they're easily influenced and sheep that aren't shepherded are also hungry right what does it mean when you're hungry you feed on unhealthy things And you find yourself malnourished. And here's the truth I need you to understand about life. Just hearing about Zia's and those amazing Thai ribs won't get you any closer to eating there. But if I gave you a step, I could. Just hearing about it doesn't help you. But if I say, when you leave church today, I want you to get on Admiral Doyle and I want you to hang a left. And I want you to go down to Darnell Road. And when you take Darnell, take a right. Go all the way to the thruway, Highway 90. Get on there and go. I've given you a couple of steps. And those steps, if you'll take them, will get you one step closer to that. And I hear all the time, Pastor Don, when I get hungry enough, then I'll go get some ribs. No amount of hunger, no amount of craving and desire will get you there if you don't know what turns to take. How many of you are following with me, How many of you want some tie ribs when you leave here for, for lunch? I'm going to do my best to get you out on time. 1 Corinthians 9.24, the Apostle Paul is talking very much about this concept, and here's what he says. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Think about that. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, But we are an imperishable. And what's he talking about? We aren't running after temporary rewards. How we run this race really determines our eternity. That's what he's saying. How we run this race will determine our eternity. Look what he says there, verse 26. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Paul says there are two ways you can run this race called life. One of them is to run aimlessly in a way. Look like you got everything going on and get nowhere in the process. Or you could run on purpose, intentionally, taking next steps, getting you closer and closer to where God wants you to be. A life of fulfillment and a life of blessing. I wasn't getting to Zia's on my own. I needed a map and I needed a tour guide. I laugh at Pastor Sean sometimes, because he'll tell you quite openly he would call himself directionally challenged, and you may have heard him him tell this story. He talks about needing his GPS to get anywhere in town. I don't believe him, but he tells me he puts the GPS coordinates in for his mom's house when he goes to visit his mama. (laughs) Y'all, stretch your hands toward Pastor Sean, and let's pray for him right now. But he talks about this, and he says, listen, that phone doesn't help me at all until I give it permission to know where I'm at. And once I give it permission to know where I'm at, then it can help me get to where I'm going. Look at your neighbor and ask this one question. Where you at? Where you at, neighbor? Where you at? So when when you hear me talk about next steps, Here at church, I need you to understand, I'm not talking about some class. I'm not talking about a place for you to come, fill in the blanks, get some understanding of what church is, maybe be convinced to join a member or some roster or some role somewhere. Next steps is the best way I know how to connect you with a map to show you how to get where you're going and a relationship, a tour guide to help you get there along the way. And if you won't let me help you with a map and with a tour guide, I don't know that you're going to live a life on purpose, running toward what God has for you. Y'all with me so far today? I need you to understand two things. And here's the first one. Your spiritual journey consists of next steps. Yours does. Mine does. We will forever be taking next steps until we die, or Jesus comes back early. How many of you rather him come back before we, we die? We will be taking next steps, And the difference between where you are and where you ultimately need to be is nothing more than the steps you take in between. Amen. Philippians 3:12 says this, this is Paul. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. Look at this. I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. Do you think about your spiritual life the same way Paul thought about his? First thing I wanted you to know, your spiritual journey consists of next steps. Here's the next thing I want you to know. You're further along than you think. You're further along than You think, when Kayla finally realized that we were lost and as cool as I was trying to be, we knew we had no idea where we were headed. And I told her, we're going to Zia's. You know what she said? She said, oh no, we got to go all the way back to Broussard and start all over again. Did she say that? No, she didn't. She said, oh, it's that way. Matter of fact, I missed one turn. When it was all said and done, I got all the way to Johnson Street and took a left when I should have taken a right. How many of you know sometimes taking a left when you should take a right will send you on a completely different journey spiritually, won't it? Here's what I need you to know. I didn't have to go all the way back in Broussard and retake a lot of those steps. I just had to go back to the step that I missed and start there your spiritual journey consists of next steps and you're further along than you think maybe that's true of you i missed a turn pastor don if i'm honest and it put me on a journey that was completely different than the one i set out to accomplish and can i tell you i want to encourage you today you don't have to go back to where you started you just have to go back to the last turn that you missed the last step that he put in front of you that you didn't take God is a God of second chances. Let's go find that step and take the right step because the wrong step that you took left you on a journey that you didn't need to be at. But I can't help you if I don't know where you're at. But once I know where you're at, you can look, Kayla can look at me and say, hey, if you'll turn around, we can keep going and we can get there where God had us. Go look at your neighbor and say, where are you at? And look at the other neighbor that you ignored and neglected because you keep turning to that one. And, and, and look at the other neighbor and say, let's keep going. Well, Pastor Don, I, I, I'm, I'm new to Christianity. I haven't taken any steps. Well, great. You know exactly where you are. Now let me help you take a next step. Even you are further along then you think, did you know that one of the next steps we take is regular attendance at church? That's a step along this spiritual journey. And many of you are in the middle of taking that step right now as you're endeavoring to make this year a year where you're regularly attending in church. You're working on becoming a regular attender. Now you know where you're at. Let's keep going. You hear me talk a lot about next steps and how important it is to our spiritual journey. But can I simplify the language for us? This is something I don't care if you graduated from Delcom High School back before there was anything over in Delcom High School. Listen, you can get there with these two questions. I'm going to simplify next step language for you. Ready? Here it is. Where are you at? Let's keep going. Your whole spiritual journey can be summarized in those two phrases. Hey, where are you at? Let's keep going going. And if you'll let us, those of you that'll come and join us for intro to next steps immediately after service, that's what we're going to say. I'm just summarize the whole afternoon for you. Where are you at? And let's keep going. This has gotten so important to us. We made a map to help you see all the steps that were possible. We've got that map we can put. Up. I'm going to show you what it looks like. We have a map of literally all the steps you could possibly take in your spiritual journey. It's been so instrumental to the lives of our people and our church that are growing and people that are connecting and growing in their relationship with God. We decided to take this and blow it up real big and put it in the foyer. Matter of fact, there are people that walk by there and say, I know the step that I need to take. What's the date? And in the foyer, you can see the date next to when that step is available for you to take. And I want you to look at this and ask yourself this question, where am I? If you go to a shopping mall or or a place like that, they've got a map. It says, here's all the places. What's something that's usually available at every single map to let you know where you are? Little sticker that says, you are here. Notice we don't have one of those on this map. Why is that? I don't know where you're at. But if you'll sit down, if you'll get this map in front of you and let me help you, I can help you find out where you're at and what steps to be able to take. We've organized all these steps into five different ones. Very simple, but it's, it's, it's helpful to look at this. There are steps toward joining, steps toward becoming a Christian, joining the body of Christ, being a member here at OSC. Did you know there's a formal process that differentiates regular attenders from members at the church? If you just attend, you wouldn't know that, but that's a step you can take to Join. There are steps toward growing. I love these. We're going to talk a lot about these steps toward growing. There's always room to grow spiritually. You hear me say whether you've been born again for two minutes or 20 years, there's a step you can continue to grow in your relationship with God. There are steps toward grouping. You do realize that real-life change doesn't happen in rows and pews listening to a sermon, no matter how good-looking and how articulate the pastor is. Some of you laughed a little too hard at that joke. Those of you that held your own, thank you. Your pastor appreciates that. Real-life change doesn't happen in rows and pews listening to a sermon. Real-life change happens in circles and groups listening to a person tell their story. That's where real life, but if you're not taking a step toward grouping, you're not going to know that. There are steps toward serving. Even secular psychologists today will tell you the greatest way to live your life is in the service of other people. Can I tell you, there are Christians who figured that out a long time ago, and I want to help you take steps toward serving as well. There's even steps you can take toward leading. I've been doing this long enough to know God doesn't want to just do something in you. He wants to do something through you. Matter of fact, what God does in you is a pretty good indication of what he wants to do through you if you'll let him. Some of you don't know that because you haven't taken the steps toward leading. Are y'all with me so far? I'm hoping you're giving yourself a little bit of a, a mental image. But Pastor Don, there's a lot of steps here on this map that you're saying. How do you know which step is the best step to take? There's a lot of them. If I'm honest, Pastor, I'm, in my mind, I'm kind of checking some boxes and I know I've, I've missed a turn. I see where I've got off track a little bit. What's the best step for me to take? How do I know? That's why you need a tour guide. That's why you need somebody, a relationship. I want you to come to intro to next steps so I can connect you with somebody who's on the journey, who knows all the steps so that you can find out what's the best one for me to take. Because what's the best step for faith? is not going to be the best step uh, for, for Jessica or anybody else. It's the best next step for you. Are you all with me? Our church is full of people who have taken next steps and have gotten to a point where they realize, man, I want to help somebody else take steps as well. You do know that when you walk with somebody and somebody is helping somebody else take next steps, what that's called, right? It's called discipleship. And when somebody is taking steps and somebody's walking with them, they are being discipled. When you're helping somebody take next steps in life, you are helping to disciple them. When Jesus said, go make disciples, he might as well said, go help people take next steps. That's what we're doing. And I, listen, I know it can be complicated. I know you can, ah, oh, you don't know my story, Pastor Don. Listen, if you'll tell me where you're at, try me. I promise you I can help you grow on your spiritual journey. You say, Pastor Don, okay, can you simplify it even more? I'll do my best. If you're taking notes, these are the only thing I need you to write down today. Okay? Some of you are like, oh, I wasn't taking notes, but I'm going to do it real quick. <laughs> Big rocks today. Only notes I need you to write down. I need a map. I need... A tour guide. My spiritual journey consists of next steps. I'm further along than I think. Where you at? Let's keep going. Where you at? Let's keep going. Look over at your neighbor, not the first one, the second one, and say, Where you at? Look to the other neighbor that you always talk to and say, Let's keep going. How many of you are fired up? I want you to get this. It's important to understand next steps. And with the time we have left today, I want to give you two steps that I think can be a catalyst to your spiritual journey. As Pastor Chris Hodges said last week, we've taken a lot of effort to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody gets to have one. And here's what I want you to know. Immediately after service today, immediately after service today, we have our intro to next steps. What is that, Pastor Don? What is intro to? To next steps. I want to give you a map, and I want to connect you with a tour guide. I want to help you discover where you're at and how to keep going. I'm not going to make you join anything, give anything, or do anything more than you're already currently doing. I just want to help you discover what steps are before you so you don't have to run this race aimlessly. But I need you to show up. I need you to show up. I need you to come and be a part of this. This is not a new believer's class. You may have been born again for over 20 years and still feel stuck. I heard Pastor Sean describe it earlier. I'm stuck in neutral trying not to go in reverse. But the idea that I can grow, I can still move forward. Pastor Sean, you can help me. You don't understand, Pastor Sean. I've been doing this Christian thing for a long time. You mean to tell me there's a next step for me? Try me. Try me. It'll take half an hour. I'll watch your kids. I'll make sure they get some food. And I will connect you to somebody and give you a map so that you have some next steps to take. And listen, I want you to freak Pastor Sean out when we have 200 people show up to intro to next steps here in just a minute. Because gosh darn it, you're tired of wondering aimlessly. Yeah. And you're ready for God to do something. It's the start of a new year. Where are you at? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Here's the second thing. I want us to look at a specific group of next steps on your spiritual journey. These are the steps toward growing. Pastor Chris talked about us putting God first, the first 15. Cole and several others that I've talked to, I've talked so much about how super helpful. I mean, the first 15, you've been trying it. You've been been doing it, putting yourself first, putting God first in your spiritual journey. These steps toward growing are so important to us. But here's the thing I need you to know. Scripture doesn't tell us how much is enough when it comes to these things. You ever notice that? There's not a chapter and verse that says, this is how much you need to pray. This is how much you need to read your Bible. This is how much you need to give, how generous you need to be. This is how much you need to fast before it's enough. Why is that? Because steps toward growing never stop. If you're not reading your Bible Start reading your Bible, but if you've gotten in the habit of reading your Bible for five minutes every day, there's a step you can grow. Every year, I want to continue to grow in each of these steps and let them be there. You may say, Pastor Don, I I pray kind of, but I don't have a habit of prayer. There's not a pattern of prayer in my life. I can grow in that. You may say, Pastor Don, intercession is a gift that God has put on my heart. I pray for two hours every day for myself, my family, and the needs all across. There's still room for you to grow in your prayer life. It doesn't matter where you're at. There are steps you can take toward growing. These steps never stop. I'm going to let you know that this coming week, at every campus, all of our churches, every congregation... We are having a week of prayer and fasting. You say, Pastor Don, what is that? What does that look like? We're going to be taking two of these steps together. We're going to have a time to grow closer to God and a time to grow closer to God through fasting. And if you don't have this pattern of prayer in your life, seeing that word up there and hearing a week of prayer, oh my gosh, what, do we, what does it look like? I want to help you. That's why I want to take this step with you. We're going to set aside one hour Every evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. You say, Pastor Don, I have a hard time praying for five minutes. I don't know how I'm going to pray for an hour. Are you sure? Let me help you. We're going to take this hour. We're going to break it up into 15-minute increments. You're going to come, and we're going to worship and set our hearts for 15 minutes together. I'm going to teach and share a little bit about prayer for about 15 minutes All the prayer cards that get turned in every week, we're gonna pray over those. You're gonna grab a couple and pray over those. We're gonna add our faith collectively to the faith that went on those cards and we're going to pray for them. And then we're gonna connect into some smaller groups and pray together. And you'll be amazed at how many people have never prayed for an hour till they came and let somebody else help them take a step. I wanna challenge you to do that. Now listen, I know you got kids. I know it's a school day. I know you got a lot of things going on. You have my word. I will start talking at 6 p.m. on the dot. And at 7 o'clock p.m., I'm going to say in Jesus' name, amen, and you will be dismissed. Some of the families, that come, bring their kids in the PJs because they're like, hey, we're doing dinner. We're doing the bath routine. We're doing all that. We're going to go be in prayer. And at 7 o'clock, when we dismiss, we're going to drive home put the kids to bed, and keep our routines together. We've set aside an opportunity for you to even bring your kids. You're not dropping them off. They're coming with you. I need you to let your children see you prioritize prayer. And listen, I don't know if I could make a stronger appeal than this. Here's the details. Week of prayer, Monday through Friday, January 9th through the 13th, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Say, Pastor Don, I can't make a night. I can't make every night. We're going to have the sanctuary open. Come in this door right here from 6 a.m. all the way until we pray. Come by and pray. Nobody, not many people will be here with you, but I want you to make this a priority to you. Listen, if this is your church and I'm your pastor, I want you to come join us. It's that important to me that you be here in the middle of what we're trying to do. To do. I, I used to tell the team this often I never know when God is going to show up, so I always do. Think about that. I never know when God, that might be the day when God meets you the way you've been needing Him to meet you. This week also begins our week of fasting. You say, Pastor John, what is, what is fasting? It's, it's one of the most important spiritual disciplines, yet, one of the often most neglected. Fasting is an intentional decision to do without something we desire in order to take hold of something we need. That's what fasting looks like. It's saying no to the flesh in order to say yes to the spirit. It's actually one of the ways Paul kept his fleshly body from overtaking his spiritual body. Look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 9:27. But I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. There's a story going around of a man who had a pair of dogs and he would fight these dogs and train these dogs and they would compete against each other and he would take bets on these dogs and he would bet against one of the dogs every single night as he would put them up. And the craziest thing would happen Every single time he bet on this dog, this dog would win. Every single time he bet on this dog, this dog would win, and he never lost a bet. Six days in a row, this dog would win. The seventh day, he'd switch his bet, and this dog would win. Finally, somebody got to him and said, listen, uh, you've got this thing rigged. I don't know how you're doing it, but every time you bet on this dog, it wins. Every time you bet on this dog, it wins. How do you do it? These dogs are fighting each other every day. How do you know which one is going to win? You know what that old man looked at him and said? He said, it's simple. The one I feed that day is the one that's going to (laughs) win. In you are two dogs fighting every day. It's your flesh and your spirit. And the one you feed is the one that's going to win that day. Okay, listen, I know I'm talking about food. I get it. Pastor Don, that's mean. Open up talking about tie ribs and talking about fasting. What, what's going on? Listen, some of us are really good at feeding our flesh, and we haven't learned how to feed our spirit. I was, I was talking to Trent earlier today. I said, hey, can I tell your story? Um, Trent came to church one Monday to pray, ended up talking with Ryan, saying, hey, can you help me? There's some things that are going on in my life. And, and God was just... just dealing with him over some issues, and he hadn't quite got a handle on those. He confided in Ryan, and Ryan looked at him and said, hey, listen, man, I, I want to believe that God's going to do some things. That's some, that's some pretty big stuff. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be fasting tomorrow. Why don't you fast with me? Well, what's that? And he talked to him, explaining about, I'm going to be setting aside a meal, and during that time when I normally would be eating, I'm, I'm going to be praying, and I'm going to pray for you. Why don't you fast with me as well? So Trent did for the first time. One of his first steps at this church wasn't going to intro to next steps, wasn't getting back. It was was sitting down and fasting with somebody else. God met him in an incredible way. Later that week, he's talking to his mom. Mom's sharing with him some things that are going on in her life and things that she's really believing God for. And he looks at his mom and says, hey mom, I'm gonna be fasting tomorrow. Why don't you fast with me? It's the only step he'd taken. God met him. So they fasted together. And when you know, God met her in a powerful way through that fast. The next week, Trent's driving for the job, hauling somebody from Fouchon back up into Acadiana. And the guy starts unloading his life to him while they're driving. He's seen some changes that are happening. In Trent's life, and the guy is just opening up, saying this is what's going on, and Trent looks over him and says, hey man, listen, that's tough, and I I believe God can help you, but I'm gonna be fasting tomorrow. Why don't you fast with me? And wouldn't you know, God met that man in the middle of that fast. Now, I don't know if Trent has ever eaten again. He may have just continued to fast, but be careful sharing what you believe God is doing in your heart with Trent, because Trent's gonna ask you if you wanna fast with him, because he's seen God move in the middle of the fast. My life has a way of filling up with things unintentionally. Does yours? Yeah, it just kind of creeps in and chokes out the things that God wants to sow into our lives. Jesus was talking about this in the parable of the sower in Luke chapter eight. He says, the sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell, look at this, among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. My question to you is, what would your life look like If the environments of your life were good soil and everything God planted in you yielded a hundredfold, what would your life look like? Pastor Don, are you telling me that my life could be a hundred times better than it is right now? Absolutely, if your life was in good soil. It was in good soil. What are you doing to improve the soil in your life? Fasting is one of those ways that helps us prepare the soil for the things that God wants to sow spiritually to begin to grow in our lives. Last week, Pastor Chris was talking about these. I'm gonna be very brief and put them up on the screen. He talked about different types of fasting that many of the people around you are gonna be doing this week. He talked about a complete fast, a kind of a, a liquids only, no chewing fast. Check with your doctor. Make sure that you can participate In something like that. Maybe you've never done something like that, but you feel like God's stirring your heart to lean in that direction. You may be able to put a steak in a blender and get it up through a straw. I don't know. Um, But listen, I want you to try something. He talked about a selective fast. What's that? That's doing without meats or maybe doing without sweets or sugar along the way. Just something that you can say, this is something I desire but I want to set it aside to get something that I need. He talked about a partial fast where there's no restrictions to what you eat. You just choose not to eat every meal. Some of you say, well, I don't eat breakfast anyway. Am I, am I fasting? Listen, take time aside and say, I'm not going to do something that I intentionally do for the purpose of gaining something from God. I love what Pastor Chris said when he talked about his soul fast. That soul fast where he talks about what goes into my mind and in my heart, doing without media or TV or news, those are ways that you can fast and say, God, I need more of you, and I'm willing to do with less of me in the process as I pursue that. Set aside something that has the potential to choke out what God is trying to sow in. Y'all with me today? It got real quiet when I started talking about fasting. Do I need to go back to Mills Diner and Zia's where y'all a little bit more engaged? In the middle, I want to encourage every single person in here. Look at me. Take a step. Take a step. Take a step toward fasting this week. Pastor Don, how do I know what to fast? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Here's the questions that I ask myself each year as I'm preparing for this fast that we do every single year. Three practical questions when choosing a fast. Here's the first one What good things? have too strong of a grip in my life? What good things have too strong of a grip in my life? Years ago, it was at a season like this where I did an extensive, uh, extensive fast of just liquids only, like we talked about, a complete fast. And at that time, in that season of my life, I was a huge Mountain Dew fan, Right? Three, four, five, six Mountain Dews a day. No big deal. I'm just sitting. I could drink a Mountain Dew and fall straight to sleep. Caffeine had no bearing on me whatsoever. Some of you are like, yeah, Pastor. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just telling you, that's where I was. And I was a couple days into a liquid-only fast, and I had my Mountain Dew going, and that tore up my stomach, that soda so bad. I was like, man, that's not wise. Let me, I'm just going to set this aside, too, when I did that. After three days of not drinking that soda, I started getting angry, irritable, shaky. Like I was in full-on caffeine withdrawal, and had no idea. And I'm looking at my, I'm like, I'm addicted. Like, that's crazy. I, I've never been addicted to anything in my life. And it was a moment of a fast, and I realized, like, I'm addicted to caffeine. This. This is a deal. This is a big deal. I didn't start out that way thinking I'm just going to set aside sodas for the week. I was doing it because I couldn't handle it in my stomach. And when I found out how addicted I was to caffeine, I thought, man, I need to stop. Well, I was already a week in. And I thought, well, I've given it up for a week. What would, what would two weeks look like? 21 days later, I said, man, it's almost been a month and I haven't had a soda. Let me. Maybe I could go a month. One month turned to two. It's been eight years since I've had caffeine at all in the middle of that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not bashing caffeine. I was just addicted to it. it. Some of you are like, hey, caffeine's good. I love my coffee. I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not bashing that. I had a good thing in my life that had too strong of a grip on me. And it took a season of fasting to break that grip so that I could ascertain if that's something I needed to have part of my life at all. Today, I still love soda. I just choose not to have caffeine in my soda, caffeine-free sodas, because at one point in time, it had too strong of a grip in my life. What good things have too strong a grip in your life? Maybe God would break that in you if you did it over a fast. Y'all, y'all, y'all follow me? See where we're going? I'm not trying to put my, my convictions on you. I'm just trying to tell you the questions that I ask. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and gonna open your eyes to some things that he wants you to fast. Here's the second question I would ask. What God things do I want more of, but I can't seem to normally squeeze in? Can't seem to normally squeeze in. You know, I ended up not being on social media because of a fast. I started out not fasting social media, not being a part of that for a season during a time like this and realized, man, I like the people around me a whole lot better. Like, I don't know what you ate yesterday. And I realized, you know what? I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I I don't have to eat a meal and then wonder, is this something that I need to put on on Instagram or not? And and I just started realizing, man, the number of people that, that I meet on a regular basis, and I have no idea what's going on in their social media life. It's so freeing to me. It was so hard meeting somebody and seeing them and interacting and then seeing something they put on social media and thinking, what an idiot. Why would he put that on? Can you believe other people see this? And he? I only know what you tell me when I see you and shake your hand. That's the only kind of social media that I know. Listen, I'm not bashing social media. Okay, I'm bashing social media. It's not healthy. Yep, y'all need to watch what you're doing with that. And honestly, any apps that scroll, that you find yourself just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Y'all do know that there's some really smart scientists that are hired by these companies that want and make a lot of money keeping you in that app for a really long time. Maybe you say, well, I'm not on social media,
1: but Pinterest,
0: man, let me tell you. Ooh, I could get lost in some scrolling. Maybe you're going to fast scrolling this week. I'm stepping on some toes now. Y'all are back in this a, a, a little bit. YouTube shorts, right? Oh, a little 10, 15 seconds. Oh, that's funny. Swipe. Oh, look at that. That's funny. That's dumb. Swipe. That, and you look back, it's been two hours. It's been two hours. And your life is no better than it was when you started. Yet every single night I can find that remote control I can find that remote control I, I, I have a hard time finding my Bible every day or making time to pray and to read but I can find that remote control here's the next question what habits do I already have that I wish my spiritual disciplines were just as consistent oh I don't miss an opportunity to watch the latest episode of blah But there are days I fall asleep and I realize I didn't read my Bible today. I didn't miss that episode, but I didn't read my Bible. Maybe this fast could be the time where you set aside that episode and instead of watching it, you open your Bible. And you used a fast to help you get habitual with something you've been trying to grow spiritually. Y'all with me so far? I need some feedback from you guys because I'm trying to help you grow in this Above all else, be led by the Spirit. God will lead you. God knows something He wants to have for you on the other side of this. Some of you, missing a meal a day is not a big deal. God's saying, I want to stretch you. I want want you to do more than that. Take the steps that God has for you. What you're led to do, God will give you the grace to do. What you're led to do, God will give you the grace to do. I want you to take a step toward growing this week with prayer and with fasting. Where are you at? Let's keep going. James chapter 1, verse 22. I'll leave you with these thoughts today. This is the Apostle James. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self deception So always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear. And are strengthened by it, they experience God's blessing in all that they do. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Just listen to me talk. We've talked a lot about next steps, we've talked a lot about spiritual journeys. And I want to give you a chance to respond today. To take your first step. That first step is to be born again. Jesus talking in John chapter 3 to a rich religious man named Nicodemus. And he said, Nicodemus, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. It's as if he was saying, the very first step you'll take on your spiritual journey is to be born again. And I want to ask you, are you wondering aimlessly? Trying to figure this out on your own, trying to keep yourself moving forward, and, and church is the place that you think you should go. It's, it's always work for Mama and Papa, but I've never had a relationship with Jesus, myself, Pastor Don. How do I take that first step to be born again? I would tell you A, B, C. A, admit. Admit that you're lost, that your sin has separated you from a righteous and loving God, one who has steps for you to take, and it you've decided for yourself, and it's cost you. It puts you on a journey that you didn't intend for yourself to to be on. You start by admitting that. Then B, you believe that God sent his son Jesus to live a sinless life that you haven't been able to live, to pay a debt that you can't pay. And then C, confess. Confess him as Lord and savior let him be the tour guide that's leading you telling you which steps to take if you could have done it on your own you'd have been there by now you say pastor don i'm ready i'm ready to admit i'm lost that i need jesus and i'm ready for him to be lord and savior in my life you could not admit those things if god himself hadn't spoken to your spirit man and brought something alive to you for the first time This being born again is something that only happens once. Once it does, you get to start on the journey. Say, Pastor Don, will you pray with me to be born again, to invite Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life? I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't want to drag you up front, parade you in front of everybody, but I do want to help you, and I need to know who I'm praying with. If you're here today and say, Pastor Don, would you include me in the prayer you're about to pray to be born again? I want to ask you just lift your hand right where you're seated. Lift your hand and let me know who I'm praying with. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand. Keep them up, I'm looking. I want to look at every single hand. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand there in the back. Yes ma'am, I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Both of you sitting there beside each other. I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Up in the balcony, I see your hand. Thank you. One more time, you may put your hands down. Pastor Don, I've never prayed to be born again. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I did not raise my hand the first time, but if you'll give me an opportunity, I know it's a step I need to take. I want to raise my hand. Please include me. Right now where you're at, you didn't raise your hand before, but you want me to include you. Raise your hand now. Thank you, sir. I'm glad I asked again. Those of you that raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me and we're all gonna pray this prayer together. Indicative of the fact that nobody goes through Christianity alone, but especially you that raised your hand. God was doing something in your heart. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen.